Well, hey, everybody. This is Float On, the podcast that gives you guidance and insight in seeing more beauty along the river ride that is life. You can't go back. You can only learn and move forward. I'm your host and producer, Dahlia Jean, and I'm super excited that you're here with me to learn as we inevitably float on. I hope everybody's doing good today. My guest for today's episode, Stacy Ruth, is basically unstoppable. Stacy is no stranger to challenges, but has continued to overcome and maintain a positive outlook on her passions and dreams. She's the founder of two multi-million dollar agencies, an acclaimed marketer, entrepreneur, and award-winning author. She has been among the top 50 entrepreneurs under 50 in Atlanta and twice awarded top 100 IT agencies by experimental marketer all before the age of 40. As a novice entrepreneur, she made nearly every business decision mistake possible and still imagine to thrive. Today, she helps leaders make faster, more accurate decisions that can reliably create the fulfillment and success they have worked so hard to attain. Her second book, Own Your Own Shift, is available now. You can get more info and purchase the book at the link that's in the show notes. It's tinyurl.com slash ownyourownshiftbook. I've also included links to her social media accounts along with website and show notes for your reference. Let's jump into my chat with Stacy. Stacy, I'm so excited that you're here. It's lovely, lovely to see you again. It's great to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Good, I, good. It's really been a fun ride that I've been having these last few months. So I'm excited <laughs> to get to talk to you and share all about what's going on. Good. I can't wait to hear stories. So if you will, will you tell our listeners about where you come from and just your journey and like learning and growing through life? Oh, absolutely. Of course, you know, I'll try to give you the condensed version, but, (laughs) you know, I I come from a background of marketing and branding and definitely being a graphic designer, but I also have always loved words, the power of stories. And it's really interesting because I started out, even when I was like two years old, I would draw stories. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. Yeah. And of course, you know, I have, I don't have a lot of memory, but my parents saved every, every single oh one. Oh my gosh. Course, Do you ever right? look at those? Uh, yes. Yes. And it's definitely a two-year-old, but I knew that I wanted to be a writer growing up. And then I won the prize at age 14 and got to be a national children's prize. It was the young author. Really? And my prize was to work with a professor, but she's also a a best-selling author. I'm not going to give her name here because the experience that I had working with her, not her fault, but I just don't (laughs) want to, I don't want to cast any shade. What wound up happening? is that she treated me like I was 14. She treated me like a college student in her critiques. And I wasn't ready for that. And and, and it wasn't her fault. I just, I wasn't ready for that. And I took it personally and I shut down. And so moving into the graphic design and the branding and the marketing, I helped other people tell their stories. Okay. Yeah. That's a good route to go. Absolutely. And then it wasn't until I had had two successful multimillion dollar agencies 
agencies, won all kinds of awards, but I really wasn't fulfilled or satisfied that I got to take a step back and do more to help my own story come through. Yeah. And so, you know, I've, I've been writing recently, I've been speaking, telling my stories, and it's so beautiful because when I tell my stories, and I got to tell that story to a class of 14 year olds. Oh my gosh. That's, I have a story for you after, too about that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. amazing. But, but when I told that story to this creative writing class, that one of my classmates when I was 14 was the English teacher for that class. To what? Almost, yes, to almost an individual. They all expressed the same kind of feeling about taking what was stylistic critique as a personal criticism. Yes. And that's really powerful at that age. But it is. also to be able to kind of come full circle. Yes. And share that was really a beautiful moment. Yes. I can totally relate to that. I'm a teacher. I teach high school art and it's the same thing where I like to expose my kids to critiques. I definitely sugarcoat the experience for them. And I do explain that as you get older and as you, you know, if you decide to pursue art school and do different things, these critiques can be a little cutthroat. And we talk about how your art should be like burnt toast. This is the analogy I give them. And I explain to them, like, you know, if you you woke up, you're making your breakfast, you put your toast in the toaster, someone turned it all the way up and you didn't know, you're not going to let that burnt toast ruin your whole day, right? That's not what you do. You just get another piece of bread. If you have time, you make a new piece of toast. And I want you to think about your art that way too. You have to sort of separate yourself from it a little bit, knowing that not everything that you do is going to be a masterpiece. That's not how it works. So I try to explain that to them too, but I do experience that, you know, with the kids at that age, they're just so in their own heads about it. And I can only imagine how that experience must have been for you going through something like that at that age, because, you know, I went to art school, so I know what those college level critiques are like. They're, they're harsh. They are, but you know, it's also very interesting that again, nobody told me at that time I had to learn it through (laughs) years of experience. Well, no, not at all, but but what I didn't understand and, and I couldn't articulate what I was feeling. I, I didn't have yeah. you know, all these words, but I didn't have the words to explain that. Yeah. And what I've learned as I go is her opinion was just her opinion. And yeah. it's really important to, to stand, to be able to receive yes. the, the opportunity to improve, but to also stand for what you know is excellent and authentic and real. It's true. I mean, there's so many different directions you can go in any creative yeah. genre and not everyone's going to feel your vibe. You know, you have to, yeah. you have to sort of trust yourself on, on certain levels too. Yeah, yeah. So, But I love that you went back and sort of had that full circle moment too. That's really neat. When we're ready, you know, and I mean, one of the things that I talk about is being unstoppable and and being able to kind of come back and heal those moments when, you know, we just didn't know. We we were doing the best we could where we were, but we can come back and heal that. That is part of making ourselves unstoppable in expressing what it is that we're here to express. Everybody's got a story to express and it helps someone or someone's, you know. I've had some experiences in my life where you years later and you don't even see it coming and you're like, there's my closure. There it is. 
is right there, there you know there's my healing and I think my healing, part of yes. yes and I think part of it too is like seeing it though like living your life with your eyes wide open so that you can see that moment for what it is I think some people just sort of slough things off in their day you know just going through the motions and they're not really looking for that insight and that's one thing I've talked to my listeners about in my season is like you have to be willing to see the beauty in life and to see the meaning you have to be open to it you have to I use this term like scavenger hunt, like a kindness scavenger hunt or like building people up and like use it as like an opportunity to sort of have that almost in the forefront of your mind to be looking for those moments because they're there. But if you don't notice them, they're going right over your head and the worth just is nothing then. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, what's kind of sad, I guess, is that you can actually go through life without stopping to experience Yeah. That. The sad part of that is it's not very fulfilling. And I know no. that there's a lot of the younger the generations, I mean, there's five generations in the workforce right now, but the That's younger crazy. the generations... I know, right? Is that the sense of meaning and purpose that people are feeling in the younger and younger generations is becoming less and less. And so I am on a mission to help individuals realize that they can connect to their sense of purpose and meaning. And it is not just this gray, foggy journey that we're on. It is full of light and joy and wonder and curiosity and amazing things. I agree 100%. I see it a lot too. Like I said, I, when I'm with my high school students, I do the same thing with them. And now I have some of my past students who have graduated, who kind of have kept in touch with me. And some of them even listen to my podcast. They're like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And it's just so much fun because it's, it's almost like a full circle thing for me, like knowing that they want me to also sort of be their life coach or something, you know? So it's a lot of fun. It's, it is good times. And I just, I wish that more people would see, but I guess that's why you and I are here on this planet. You know, we're here to inspire people to see more meaning in life. So as you work through your life and as you kind of push through this journey that you were on to end up where you are today, what can you pick out some like challenges or some trying moments that you feel like you overcame and how did you do that? What did you, you know, how did you keep yourself centered in that way? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, my journey has, has taken me very deep into the entrepreneurial world. My first writings were about poetry and now I'm very focused on helping women in business be more successful and to really step into their own power. And that is really something that, you know, I got to learn all along the way how to not do it. Yeah. (laughs) So some of the things that I did was I really struggled with imposter syndrome. Was that connected to the experience that I had with the, with the writing? You know, I think many, if not most of us, men, women, whatever, all struggle with the idea of am I, do I really deserve this kind of success? And when I started my first business, I mean, okay, uh, this is how old I am. Uh, (laughs) There was no internet, no internet. Yeah. So, so to figure out how to launch a business, I was reading books. I was talking to people who had businesses, you know, I was trying to do it perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it it was successful. I mean, we were doubling in size every year. We were doubling in revenues every year, but I didn't feel like I deserved the respect. Yeah. And so what I did in that sense of self-doubt 
is I brought on some partners, some business partners, men older than me. And interesting. I, well, you know, I knew them. I mean, we we were we were connected in business yeah. anyway. But but it all it did because I was in marketing and advertising. You know, I don't know if you know the series Mad Men. And it was a man's world. And yeah. so here I was, this scrappy little 29-year-old right. starting her business in a man's industry at the time. It's not as much now, but it was then. Yeah. So I let the men be in charge. And it just added to my sense Were they of, like the face of your operation? Not totally. I mean, they were perfectly happy to put me as the face of the operation. But there was a lot of questioning of judgment and decisions and who would lead and how would they lead. Yeah. And I basically turned over a lot of my power and authority to them. I actually wound up marrying one of them um, and divorcing him while we were still running the agency. So, there's that you know, full circle. There's that. Um, but regardless, I made all kinds of mistakes like that of turning over my power yeah. to someone else because I wasn't ready to step fully into it or I was afraid I couldn't step fully into it. And at the same time, I, you know, I was still the CEO, so I was right. named top. 50 entrepreneurs in Atlanta under 50. Yeah. Well, hooray, you know. That's awesome. But I, it didn't help me feel like I, yeah. I deserved it. And right. so those are the kinds of lessons I've been learning along the way was to trust myself, yeah. to trust my inner wisdom, my yeah. inner intuition and things like we hired a bookkeeper for the business, kind of an office mm -hmm. manager bookkeeper. We did a background check, but just in the state of Georgia. And in 30 days, she had stole $30,000 <gasps> in my identity. Oh my gosh. And it's a white collar crime and the police were kind of busy. So I no got to way. play Nancy Drew, Miss oh Marple, whatever, gosh, and go, go track her down. This is insane. I know, but I wouldn't have had to do that if I had been paying attention to my business and yeah. doing the things that a business leader would be doing in her business. Yeah. And so again, I had to really learn the hard way how to step in to my power and my role fully. Yeah. So those kinds of lessons, everything turned out just fine yeah. in all of those situations. But it, throughout the entire process, it was learning to trust myself. Gosh, that hindsight is, it's 2020 all the time, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like it's just hearing that story. It makes me realize though, there was a time when pushing ahead like that and starting a business as a woman was such a scary thing. And the other thing I was thinking was, you're talking about going to the library, reading books to do all this stuff the right way. And I pride myself on being a lifelong learner and I do it while I'm cooking and I'm looking at my phone or I'm like getting ready for bed and winding down. And the world of the internet is so accessible for free. And I've talked about this in my podcast. I had a whole episode just on learning, like how to motivate yourself to learn and be open to learning. And I go in depth about that, like how it's so easy now to do that, that you have no right. excuse. If you want to learn something, you have no excuse, but to just set aside the time and find the motivation to do it where you, you were having to make trips to the library, research book, figure out which ones were best, actually read them. Now there's like videos. And I learned a ton from podcasts. When I decided to start this podcast, I listened to how to start a podcast podcast. They have podcasts on podcasting. I mean, it's really free knowledge there in so many ways. The same thing with my book. I have a children's book that I published and I learned a ton from podcasts on my commute to work. 
literally. So I feel like for you, it just says so much about your drive, knowing that you did all of this with these books. Socially, it was such a risk to do what you did and you still pursued, you know, but looking back and you saying like, oh gosh, I should have just trusted myself. I should have heard my inner voice. And it's just inspiring to me because I feel like that inner, that inner calling and that inner voice is such a powerful thing. And it's really just about listening to it, you know? Well, it really is. And and I don't tell myself I should have. That's actually an interesting little tweak to how I experienced it. It was never a shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. It was, oh, <laughs> that's the trick, right? The and, aha and moment. So the aha moment. And you know, it, what's also interesting to me, and I have to be really careful of this myself, is that yes, all of this stuff is accessible mm-hmm. online, on YouTube, on blogs, you know, anywhere you want to go, there's information in abundance. Yeah. If you scratch the surface, you will also find that the different information contradicts each other. Yep. And so finding the right information that's accurate and that's been fact-checked and has, has resources supporting it yes. is, is almost to my way of thinking more work sometimes than the way that I learned. Yeah. So it really is really fascinating that I have to practice discernment, both discernment of what my inner voice is telling me. I also get to practice discernment of what other voices are telling me. And, and that's been the common thread for me is I would give priority to other voices before my own. Yeah. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. I mean, I I don't spring from the world knowing all these answers, right. But I, I have to use some discernment. Yeah. I mean, I know I did it until probably about four years ago. I had a lot of just stress in my life. And I, and a lot of it was that lack of just listening to myself, listening to my own, even though I always feel like I trusted my gut and I made decisions Mm -hmm. for myself based on that, it still was this constant self-doubt and it was like a battle within myself. And I actually went to a counselor for a couple of years and worked through a lot of that, worked through a lot of my family dynamic stuff, worked through a lot of my self-doubt stuff, my self-talk, all of that stuff. And I really do think it is, you know, it's a journey and it's just something you got to learn how to do, but you can work on it a little bit more over time. And when you learn through life, you know, it's so, it's so critical. Well, yeah. And our society trains us. I don't know whether we're hardwired this way. Some people think we are, I'm not convinced of it, but that we tend to think more negatively than we do positively. I'm with you on this one. uh, Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a lot of research around it. We definitely do this. The question is, why do we do it? And I don't have an answer for that. Um, I'll keep researching that one. But standardly, we spend about 80%, 83% of our thought patterns are worry, doubt, criticism, judgment, mm-hmm. all these negatives yes. about anything that we might envision. I mean, it's a wonder that we move forward at all with that level of negativity that we're experiencing. And so even though I might do all this work on my limiting self-beliefs and, and I actually studied to be a belief clearing practitioner oh, and cool. do a lot of work with that. I and, that. Uh, you know, yeah, we're always interested in in helping ourselves first. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow, I could help people with it. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I, I learned to do a lot of that, but it comes back. It's like weeds. You have to constantly yeah. be gardening and doing affirmations, doing meditations, doing mindfulness in order to retrain the brain because we actually create mm-hmm. grooves in our brain that are negative tracks and we'll just yep. fall into it. Yep. And I'm it's sure so you true. can see the hand gesture where I'm showing what a track looks That's like. That's all. 
all that neuroplasticity <laughs> stuff though. I mean, you can Absolutely. train your brain to do literally anything you want to do and you can untrain your brain too. And it, all it takes is practice, diligence, practice, time. You just got to keep at it. I mean, literally you can stop mm -hmm. any thought pattern, any habit, you can build a habit. It just takes that repetition and building those neural pathways or pruning them away over time. It's neuroplasticity. There's a science behind it. We're talking about self-transformation is yeah. really what we're talking about. And we're talking about creating more self-awareness, mm -hmm. more consciousness, more intentionality, more self-belief yes. that we can do this and doing it lovingly and gently, but with patience and persistence and commitment. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, that's, that's why I, I wrote the book that just came out own your own yeah. shift. It was yeah. because I realized that the process I went through in all of those is a process that everybody goes through. Yeah. Everyone goes through the same process, but we can get stuck at different places along the way if we're going blind or if we're trying to figure it out all over again for ourselves. Yeah. And there's no need to have to figure it out all over again for yourself because it's pretty predictable. I hate yeah. to say it, but it's pretty predictable. Yeah. I like, I was looking at actually into your book recently and I noticed that you have a 12 stage process of this yeah. personal transformation. Can you just tell us a little bit about like <laughs> just a little overview of what that might entail? Because I was like, Ooh, 12 stages. I like that. I like numbers. Like what's, what is that about? It's a step-by-step -step transformation that we go through and it doesn't matter whether you're deciding to go on vacation. If anybody does that these days, mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter whether you're doing that or moving into a new home or deciding to start the love relationship of your life, or maybe you want to start a family or any kind of change you can imagine, get a new job, start a new business, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you're going to go through this process. Now, here's the thing. If a process is relatively easy for you, you won't give this process much thought. You won't give these stages much thought. You'll okay. just walk through them. When you get stuck, like if somebody's really struggling to lose weight or they can't find their perfect love match partner, this is when you need the book Own Your Own Shift yeah. to be able to navigate it. And so taking people through the tough transformations, the ones that are really challenging. And it really starts with a decision that you can't keep doing it the way you've been doing it. Yeah. And I call that being sick and tired of being That's sick and so tired. That's so true. Yeah. That is so true. You got to switch it up. Yeah. But we say we want something. We want to lose weight. We want to find love. We want to get a new job or start a business. But if we're not really fed up with where we are, we're not going to move. We're yeah. just not going to move. Yeah. And so, so we start there and then I walk people through the need to be able to trust themselves. And I talk, talk about how to create a predictable, reliable connection to your intuition, which a lot of people don't know how to do. They are intrigued, but they don't know how to do that. Uh, yeah. So I walk you through that. I also walk people through, don't do this all by yourself. Ugh. You know, isn't that the truth? I mean, guides, mentors, gurus. Yeah. Get a tribe, get some people yeah. to walk with people you. behind you. And yeah. the successful transformation programs out there, all of these different kind of support groups, that's what they're about. Yeah. That's what they're yeah. about. It's about having a community, you know? a supportive community. Yeah, I agree. And, and really there's going to be stumbling blocks. There's going to yeah. be places where you get stuck. That's okay. Expect it. And then through this book, I have exercises that will help you get through those stuck places. Oh, um, I love that. We're going to, we're going to hit them. We're going to hit the obstacles. We're going to hit the challenges. Yeah. And if you think you're not, oh honey, I, I got a book for you. <laughs> I hear you, man. I even did an episode on workload 
paralysis and like feeling overwhelmed and how you can get stuck and how to overcome that because I'm the same way. I mean, I think we all have moments like that, no matter how productive we are or how high achieving we may be. It doesn't matter. We all get stuck sometimes. And it's just about having a good solid plan to overcome that, you know? And then the other part of it is I feel on some levels you have to do sort of a full assessment. Maybe you need an hour to just sit and do nothing and decompress, you know, maybe it depends if you've had a horrible day and you've got stress stacked five layers high on your plate right now, sometimes you need that moment, but you always have to have a plan to eventually move on. You don't want to stay stuck. Absolutely. You know, we talk about the plan in the book. I think the, the biggest challenge that people today are facing when they hit that transformation that doesn't come easily or readily to them is that they're looking for a quick fix. We live in kind of a quick fix world. And a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of social media is aimed at promoting that idea. And I'm here to tell you that most of, and this is that, you know, like discernment we were talking about earlier, most of the people that are presenting themselves as overnight successes or overnight wonders, well, yeah, in 20 years overnight, you know, I mean, it's not something that is real and, and yeah, we want that. It's like, can I please just flip a switch and be transformed? And if this is a important transformation for you personally, you're going to have to do the work, my friend. Well, it goes back to that. You know, if it's too good, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I don't think that that's any different with, you know, the stuff that you're talking about, like seeing these people who say, you know, just, Oh, check this out in one month. Look at my income type stuff. No, they're leaving out 20 years of trying and failing and all this other stuff behind, you know? Yeah. And, and failure is just practice. Yeah. It's true. A coach that I know and love talks about taking imperfect action. And it's so hard. I want my actions to be perfect out of the gate. But Mm -hmm. like you said, it creates analysis paralysis and we don't move. And so I just have to be willing to do it imperfectly and learn as I go. Yeah, I love that. So out of all that, what do you consider to be like your most important lesson that you've learned? I feel like you've got so much, you've got so much to talk about, but if you had to pick one thing, what would be the most important? I'm going to go back. I did kind of share it a little bit, but I'll try to articulate it very specifically. The thing that is the most important for me is to be in tune in an ongoing, almost continuous basis with my intuitive inner wisdom guidance. And I practice that daily. Am I a hundred percent? Of course not. But wow, when I get a hit on my intuition and it basically tells me, go here, do this, say this, you're good. (laughs) You know, why would I argue with that? No, I'm with you. I do the same thing. I just listen. It shows up. It's really beautiful. Sometimes it shows up from within. Sometimes it's mirrored back to me from another person, what they say, or a billboard or a song or whatever, yeah. you know. But if I'm listening, if I'm paying attention, if I'm fully present, which is always the challenge, right? Yeah. But when I'm yeah. fully present, it shows up for me. And now right. I have a track record with that and I recognize it and I'm super grateful for it. And it really, really has changed changed my life. Yeah. So listen to that inner voice of knowing. I love that. And 
I'll give you and your listeners a little tip. Some people know this, but most people don't. The voice of intuition is not emotional. It's okay. just very directive. Go here, do this, aha kind of thing. But it's not yeah. all agitated with, oh, goody, goody, goody. I'm excited. It's not fearful. It's not uh, worrying or doubtful. It's not angry. It just is. Gosh, and that's so strange because I'm completely agreeing yet. I've never realized that until this very moment. <laughs> yeah, and they call it the the small still voice of knowing. Mine isn't always small. And it Mine isn't, isn't either. Still, no. but but it is definitely very powerful. Wow, that's something without that egoic emotional attachment. Yeah, gosh, that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. While you were talking about it, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, she's right. It's not an emotional thing. It's just this mm-hmm. is your emotions do. I mean, you incorporate them after you process what you know you need to. Do. If I get a really powerful hit uh, you yeah. know, from, my, from my intuition, right. I get emotional. I'm like, oh, that's exciting. Let's do that. Yes. <laughs> you know, but, but that's me being excited yeah. about what it is. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of, I had an experience recently and I don't want to go into details just for privacy's sake, but it was something where there was a situation going on with someone that I cared about and I didn't agree. I knew it was not good. It was not a good thing. I tried to give advice. I tried to give some guidance. They basically blew me off and I had to go through my own process of just accepting. And in some cases I had to sort of take a stand based on principle. Like, no, I don't want to be around for that. I don't want to whatever. And I started to sort of second guess that because there were a lot of other people that I knew and family members who just sort of went with it. And I did not. And I have a close friend who I talked to and we bounce ideas back and forth. And he was like, you know what, Del, don't worry about it. Because at the end of the day, you take a stand and you always stand for something. Do you know what that means to everyone around you that they know you are willing to take a stand? And that really stuck with me because I didn't see it that way at the moment. You know, I was caught up in the fact that I was listening to my guidance. I knew what was right and wrong. And that's what everybody who knows me knows that I will stand for that. What's right, no matter what. I don't know. It was just an interesting insight from someone else. And I, it sort of stripped the emotion back away from that situation, if you know what I mean. And I was just like, you know, they're right. Like, this is what I'm doing. I'm just taking a stand. Sometimes that's what you have to do. You know, and that's, that's what I mean about that kind of mirroring back. Like someone will say something you're like, oh yeah, that. Yes. It was really Mm -hmm. interesting. So looking back on everything then Stacey, do you feel like there's anything you would have traded or would Mm -hmm. you keep it all the same? How do you feel about your journey? I feel pretty good. You know, it's like, woohoo, what a ride, you know? I mean, was it always sunshine and rainbows and unicorns? No, of course not. I don't feel like the downtimes were debilitating. I don't feel like I was a victim of my circumstances. Yeah. I think the thing for me is that I realized my part in everything that transpired for me. Yeah. Even though at the time, you know, I was doing the best I could with what I had, you know, it wasn't like I would have had to be a different me to show up differently. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I treat every bit of it as these rich anecdotal (laughs) stories that took me on my epic journey from there to here. Yeah. And I know there's going to be a lot more. What I love about it is none of it is permanent. Mm-hmm. Everything is always in flux. Everything's always changing. It's always transforming. And each, each level of our game, if you want to call it, that is a new opportunity to anchor what I've learned and then to expand further. So I no, I wouldn't change any of it. I don't really want to go back and live it again. Right. But- <laughs> 
but, I love but that. I don't regret it and I wouldn't change it because it made me who I am and it set me yeah. on the course that I'm on and I feel like I'm on the right course. Right. Yeah. I'm the same way. I feel like each big thing that happens is sort of a pivotal moment. If you were to have, you know, choose a different path, then ultimately there's no telling if you would be reunited with the path that you're currently on. So it, I'm the same way. I never, I don't have any regrets. I just talked about this in my last episode. I take everything as a lesson. Even if things didn't go to plan, you right. take it as a lesson and you figure out what it is that you learned from that. It could be right. something you learned about other people. It could be something you learned about yourself, the world, whatever. It doesn't matter. Find something. There is something to learn in everything that you experience. Absolutely. I truly believe that what we choose to think about something, the belief we choose to form about something, yeah. is what's going to create our next oh, yeah. experience. I, I'm going to do my darndest to see it positively as a learning and a growth experience. I love that. I love that. So tell us about who you are now and what do you want people to know about you? Well, today I am a coach, especially a women's leadership and executive coach, as well as author. We talked about own your own shift and speaker. I just completed my talk for the International Women's Day Conference. I'm super excited about that. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. I I love speaking to groups. I talk about being unstoppable and using our inner wisdom. Yeah. Uh, And I also am able, and I love this, I'm able to integrate a lot of the marketing and branding background that I have, and I love it. Helping CEOs and founders really grow their personal brand which influences their business brand. It's all very integrated. And that's why I say, you know, whatever experiences we have really plays into how we're able to show up and to help other people. I believe we're all here to be of service to others. Yes, I love that. I was just thinking, you know, if you had just thinking about your history, career history, when you started, how many times you fell and you picked yourself up. Imagine if you had given up somewhere along the way, you know? Gosh, how different things might be. I had help, right? Yeah. You do not have to do any of this alone. I agree with that one too. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have some people to lean on. You got to have your network, have your crew, have your tribe. Like you said, sometimes it comes from very unexpected places too. Yeah. You got to live with your eyes wide open. I always say that (laughs) you just never know. You got to be open to just about anything, you know? So if there's people out there who are dealing with similar struggles or Mm -hmm. maybe can relate to your path in some way, what, what do you feel would be like the most valuable piece of advice that you would give them? Well, typically what happens is whatever we're moving towards, we're moving towards it for something that we believe we want. Mm -hmm. It comes to a fundamental, I either want power, I want freedom, or I want to live in a place of passion. And if you are moving towards that, if you're trying to grow your influence and your impact, be aware that there is a balancing influence to that, which includes being vulnerable, as Brene Brown talks about so eloquently, that involves commitment, that involves responsibility. And we don't get to claim any of those powerful, passionate, free places that we are moving towards without taking ownership of the responsibility and the commitment and the vulnerability that go with it. And that's how we stay connected to one another. None of us are yeah. operating alone and it's all in community. So, so, true. so I would, I would encourage people to look at where we're resisting commitment, mm-hmm. vulnerability, or responsibility. I love that. That's so insightful. The beautiful things will come when yeah. we stop resisting those. It's like a trifecta. 
You got to be able to have all of those pieces. Those are some really key pieces. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, for being on and gosh, it was just such a pleasure to have you and hear these awesome stories. And I think the critique one might be my favorite, but gosh, you just had so much good stuff. You know, we just had such a really good time talking and sharing stories. And so I'm just so, so thankful that you were here. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. So there you have it guys. Another episode down. Stacy was such a joy to talk to. I really, really, really enjoyed my time with her. And, you know, it's so funny when you have someone who our age is different. We're coming from different generations and different times. And yet our mindset, we connect on so many levels, which I thought was really interesting. And, and it's just always fun to talk to people, you know, whenever you have the chance, talk to someone who may be different than you or someone that you don't know, because you just never know what you're going to find out or what you're going to stumble on. So I hope you guys enjoyed that talk with Stacy and so much good stuff to come out of the episode. As I let you go today, you guys know the drill. I want to relay a heartfelt thank you through the sound waves from my soul to yours. I appreciate your time and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review and share this episode with someone who you feel may benefit. Head over to floatonpodcast.com to add us on social media and see updates. I'm your host and producer, Dalia Jean, and until next time, float on.